You're listening to the Wobcast with the one and only, the legendary, the insurmountable Wobby. Hey, everybody, welcome in. It's another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, coming to you from TCO Studios in Egan. By my side, per usual, co host and producer, Chris Corso. What's up, Chrissy? What's up, Wobby? We have a lot of a lot of things to talk about today. I'm excited. Yeah, I have a cool discussion topic that we're going to bring into the fold later on in the Wobcast. We got a bunch of stuff to get to. We will review rookie camp, which happened last weekend. You will hear from first round pick Mike Hughes. Chris will get into some news and notes, a fun discussion topic, uh, fan mail and lots of other really fun stuff to get to. But let's start it off with observations from Rookie Minicamp, which happened last weekend. Three practices, open to the media one day on Friday. I came in for day two to watch some of Saturday's practice. Did not come in on Sunday morning. Uh, but I have a few observations from Rookie Camp. How much of it did you take in, Chris? It was the same thing. I was here on Friday, watched uh, the whole practice, and then watched all of practice on Saturday. I was helping uh, one of our shooters kind of pick out all the players and um, get the good shots of Mike Hughes, number yeah. 21. Yeah, and uh, you're going to hear from Mike Hughes here in a little bit, but first, a few things. I think it's hard to glean too much from three practices, all rookies, and basic installation and fundamental stuff with the scheme. So I, you don't want to paint with too broad of a brush here. Yeah. I, I think it's just... Uh, you know what what was your um you know your your quick observations from what you saw and one thing for me is when you when you watch Mike Hughes you know you see someone who looks the part I think I mean he's super athletic very fluid and smooth he's fast he's quick he can catch really well and he he looks like he's an NFL player to me absolutely he uh did a lot of work on special teams with Mike Prefer and also um, on defense, he worked on the outside and on the inside. That was something he noted um, in his press conference. And another thing was he dropped his first punt uh, when it came in, and he made a little joke about that in his press conference, saying that he had a little nerves at the beginning of there course. catching his first punt. And then after that, he looked as natural as you could possibly look as a punt returner with Coach Prefer. So. Speaking of looking natural, I thought tight end Tyler Conklin looked pretty natural catching the ball, especially when I was watching um, in some of the, the drills with linebackers in when he's running routes on him. Like I, I thought he gained separation, made some tough catches. I liked what I saw from Tyler Conklin. And you definitely noticed the size of our of that draft pick from Central Michigan. He's a big boy, and he's a yeah. tight end. He has good hands, and he was able to show his uh, jumps or ups, as, as they would say. Yeah. Um, he's an athletic player. We'll see what he can do when uh, everyone gets here for OTAs. And not talking about anyone specifically, this is my last observation, just when you're watching the defensive line position group, it's it was just a lot of good-looking, athletic um, big guys, you know, and not like big like pat williams big where pat was quick but um you know he wasn't really known for his movement and all that these guys were athletic i mean long limbs really well built and athletic guys along the defensive line which is good because andre patterson knows what he's doing and can mold a lot of those guys absolutely and can i bring up one undrafted player yeah who you got holton hill oh yeah db cornerback out of texas he's he, a big guy too he's a big boy he's a he's a big big athletic uh big athletic frame and 
a big corner that can looks like will, will might be able to play on the outside if he starts to learn the scheme. A lot of people thought he should have been drafted. Yeah, but he wasn't, and he's here at um, here with us. He's at rookie camp, and um, Zim Zim gets his hands on him, so that'd be kind of cool. That's a nice little project. Yeah, that'll be awesome. We'll see how it turns out for him. Um, another player who will benefit from working with Coach Zimmer is first round pick Mike Hughes. We took some time to chat with Mr. Hughes after one of the practices last weekend at Vikings Rookie Camp. Now, we talked with him on his first day as a Viking. The day after he was drafted, he flew to Minnesota. We had a chat with him on the perch um, inside the field house. Now, a week later, after some practices as a member of the Vikings, we caught up with him again to get some of his thoughts. And here's what Mike Hughes sounded like last weekend at Vikings Rookie Minicamp. Vikings rookie minicamp rolls on at TCO Performance Center. We got first round pick Mike Hughes joining us now after one of the practices. How's it going out there, man? It's going pretty well. Um, you know, just having fun, learning uh, different techniques, and I'm just glad to be back doing football. What do you think of head coach Mike Zimmer? Uh, I love Coach Zimmer, man. He he coaches me uh, like real hard, and I mean I love every bit of it. He he, he coaches me to to learn, and uh, he I can tell he wants me to be great. It's amazing, like you get a game like this that's so you know fast and so much happens and people think about highlight plays but he's out there working on like just the smallest little adjustments right on alignments and all that stuff that's what it takes to be a pro yeah it does um you know those little things are very important and um you know as you apply them to the field and see what what the coaches are actually talking about you realize how important those small things are so um it's important for me to pick up on those things as fast as i can what do you think you're doing well right now at practice uh pretty much everything just getting back into the flow and uh uh, just feeling a lot smoother in my, my new position, and uh, I feel great. All right, man. Good luck the rest of the weekend, all right? I appreciate it. All right, so there's first-round pick Mike Hughes uh, participating in Vikings rookie minicamp along with a bunch of others, some undrafted guys, some tryout guys. And uh, we had uh, a bunch of coverage from Vikings rookie minicamp. So if you haven't already checked it out, make sure you go to Vikings.com. Check out some of those articles, interviews, and photo galleries, of course. All right. We got a clip here from NFL Network. Our guy Peter Schrager, Chris. Um, I, I mean, I love I love Peter, but my man. I mean, he's setting the the bar a little high here. He's setting the bar real high. The uh, the segment on NFL uh, on NFL Network. Good morning, football. Um, they they do an over and under wins from last year segment. So obviously, the Vikings had thirteen wins last year, and uh, they went around the horn and. With each of them, they said, will the Vikings go over that total or under? And, man, Peter Schrager is a fan, as we've said on previous episodes, of the purple and gold. And that's fine. Um, And, like, let's win more than 13 games. I'm all on board with that. That would be nice. Then we'll play a a title game in our own building and don't have to go somewhere else and play it. But, um, But here's Peter Schrager talking on Good Morning Football. And if you're a Vikings fan and you're not watching Good Morning Football, you're doing it wrong. You need to watch Good Morning Football. Here's why. Now, the Minnesota Vikings won 13 regular season games a year ago, so more or less or the same. Nate, what do you think about the Vikings? Put it up. <laughs> I'm going to the L. And it, and it has nothing to do with the team. This team is just as good, just powerful. I ran to Stephon Diggs when we were down in Dallas, and he is as focused as ever, one of my favorite wide receivers in this league. They're going to get Cook back. They have Latavius Murray. Nothing against Kirk Cousins, but I do feel like the chemistry is going to be something that they're going to have to work on. Now, they can fix that this offseason. They can fix that in the preseason. But there was something about what Case Keenum was doing with that offense that you can't easily replace. So I'm saying less. Go ahead, Peter. Go ahead. Do, do what you're born to do. The Vikings are the uh, – this is the team, guys. This is it. This is the team that brings back 
everyone gets a huge upgrade at quarterback. Right. Kyle. When you go Keenum to Cousins, that's a giant upgrade. Is it? And Sheldon, it is. Is it? Yeah, it is absolutely it? is. Okay. Yeah, it is. All right. All right. It is. And their defense okay. is just as good, if not stronger. They added Sheldon the Richardson. <laughs> and total scoring number one. Everybody's going undefeated, Schrager. Yes. <laughs> this team is doing better. And guess what? I know Aaron Rodgers is coming back and the Bears got better and you can punch a bunch of holes that you want. Kirk Cousins is better than Case Keenum, okay. and they added Sheldon Richardson to the best defensive line in football. So I'll say the more. Peter, you got two 14-win teams so far in the segment. I like it, but I'm going to go less. I, I love Kirk Cousins, the Bugle Boys, the Hush Puppies. I love him as, a, as an individual. But, Peter, no one has hyped Aaron Rodgers more this offseason than you. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not missing. He's Pennywise this season coming from Minnesota. He has never had a bigger huckleberry. I stop the clowning around. Stop That's what I'm around. saying. Forget about it. He's coming out of the sewers. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that, that Kirk Cousins is going to be better than Case Keenum. Upgrade, share on paper. Case Keenum was a hell of a player last year. Maybe they still win 12. I'm not insulting yeah, them. Right. Yeah. I just don't think they're going to win 14. It was sort of a magical season. They have won the NFC North two of the past three years. We'll see how it shakes out with that chemistry between Cousins and company. All right. I mean, Kay Adams is right. We've won two out of the last three divisions, by the way, and four out of the last five against the Cheese. So, I that's, mean, that's all. That's all. This good. is our house. That's right. It's our house up in here. All right. News and notes, man. What do you got? All right. We're going to run through a few news and notes real quick. Um, the Vikings had a big, big roster move um, after rookie minicamp. Roster moves, actually, plural. Um, the Vikings signed four tryout players from rookie minicamp this weekend, which is cool to see. So the roster, after waiving uh, four players as well, is at 90 players. So we are full um, heading into OTAs, and we're just going to run through a few of these names really quick. We got Illinois covered. We got the state of Illinois covered. The state of Illinois is covered. We got a northern Illinois receiver, a southern Illinois corner, and a western Illinois linebacker. Directional Illinois is all ours. That's right. So we have a northern Illinois wide receiver. He's a a uh, smaller wide receiver. Um, listed as around 5'9", um, 175 pounds, Chad Beebe. Son of? Son of, of a former NFL player, right? Don Beebe. Don Beebe, that's, that's right. right. Um, he had a great career there at Northern Illinois, when 44 games, led the team in 2017 with 14.9 yards per reception. Um, he's a Buffalo, New York native. Um, as we noted, his father played for the Buffalo Bills. 64 receptions, 930 yards, and three touchdowns in his collegiate career. So he's... He was a little playmaker. We, we had some jokes that he was out there making plays, um, and we'll see what he can do when, it, when, when, can't, when OTAs roll around. So, um, Moving on, Craig James, the, a corner out of Southern Illinois, another standout in, in that state in the Mountain Valley Football Conference, um, a, just a corner who made some athletic plays during, during his three days here. He recorded two interceptions and a forced fumble uh, last season for that team. So. Um, moving on is a quarterback from UNLV named Johnny Stanton, fullback um, for the Vikings at rookie minicamp, but he was a quarterback in college. And I call him Johnny Fullback, I, I, I not guess Johnny so. Football. Some people like Johnny Football. <laughs> I like Johnny Fullback, and he's ours. He, he did have a cool um, social media post this weekend, uh, or this week after he signed as a Viking, put his, uh, got a photo of himself in front of a Viking sign. He was pumped. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I so, like that. So we'll see. He's, he's an athlete clearly who's able to play multiple positions so um, we'll see what happens with Johnny Stanton and then the next one is a linebacker out of Western Illinois and that's Brett Taylor um, had a great career as a back-to-back All-American honors there um, and was named the FCS Defensive Player of the Year by Phil Steele so um, definitely made some some hay in the FCS and he gets a chance to try out with the Vikings so we'll two see. of those guys have two first names I don't know about that. You're not supposed to trust guys with two first names. (laughs) Craig James, Brett Taylor. Yeah. 
Um, all righty. Here's something I saw. Willie McGinnis ranked his top 10 pass rushers heading into 2018. Did you see this? I, I did see that. That was a, a part of our uh, one of our lunch breaks this week. So he's got a Viking on there. Of course, everyone would guess Everson Griffin. He's got him ranked number four. Pretty tough list to argue with here. There's some good pass rushers on the list. Um, I'll put Everson Griffin number one because he's a Viking, but there are some other really good ones on here. Von Miller, Khalil Mack, and Aaron Donald are who Willie McGinnis put ahead of Everson Griffin. Also on the list, J.J. Watt, Cameron Jordan, Chandler Jones, Cameron Wake, Melvin Ingram, and Calais Campbell. Matt Ryan got paid. Matt Ryan got paid. He's buying lunch the rest the rest of his life. He really, I mean, if you ever go out to any meal with him, he should. He's paying. He should take hundred million guaranteed. That is unbelievable. I mean, he's a player who, um, when it comes to touchdown passes in his first seasons with um, the Falcons, he has the most touchdown passes. I think in his first ten seasons of yeah. any quarterback of all time. Right. So he's clearly done it right. Obviously, he was in that Super Bowl two years ago where. Um, the collapse happened, but uh, he's shown the ability to be a elite quarterback in the NFL. So yeah, I mean it's in a league where it's you have a quarterback or you're looking for a quarterback. If you have Matt Ryan, you are in the we have a quarterback category, and so when you are in the we have a quarterback category, you have to pay that guy. That's, That's how right. it goes, and you're happy to pay that guy. Um, speaking of getting paid, that's what Aaron Rodgers is thinking about right now because he, he's next. He's the, he's the next on the list. He's so. <laughs> next. So if Matt Ryan gets $100 million guaranteed, let your imagination wander on what a Rodgers is going to get, and uh, I hope it takes up all of their salary. Cap. I hope it takes up. I, I was listening to the radio, and they had Gil Hodges on ESPN Radio, and he said 16% of your cap, it shouldn't go over that for one player. Okay. And that's clearly usually the quarterback. So in, in this case, he said, if I'm the Packers and I have Aaron Rodgers on my team, I am happy to go over that number. I hope they go way over that number mm -hmm. and they just blow all their money on one player. That would be great. Who is going to give money to Des Bryant to play for them this year? Because he's still a free agent, by the way. It's crazy. It's really waiting to see. I mean, I, I really do believe him as a player. He has a lot left in the tank. Obviously, the franchise leader for the Dallas Cowboys in every receiving category pretty much imaginable. It's crazy. I think this will be his ninth year coming up. Yeah, I, I mean, it is it is crazy how no team has, has – has, I mean, we, we don't know if any team teams have reached out to him yet, but – um, no team has had him sign the dotted line yet. Right. We'll see. We'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that. A couple one. other guys who are free agents: Demarco Murray. He's on the street. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think Brandon Marshall is a free agent because the Giants is. cut him, didn't they? That's right. The, the New York Giants cut him um, after getting injured last year and didn't didn't do much there um, with the Giants. So those are some names to keep an eye on. All right, I got a discussion topic. This 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 is going to be fun. This All right, is, this might be my favorite part of this week's show. Okay, so. People may not know this if you don't follow it, but it's our industry, so I follow it. The sports Emmys were held earlier this week. So basically, it's it's the Emmy Awards, but for sports only. There's a bunch of categories, like best in-studio host, best live sports event, um, best live sports series, outstanding playoff coverage, uh, best studio show daily, best studio show weekly. Like they have all these categories and then um, they, they announce winners. So uh, you can get the complete list of categories and winners by going to emmyonline.com sports or you can go to their Twitter handle at sports emmys 
and review their timeline, which I did last night. That's how I followed this and how I came upon it. Some NFL-related winners. Sunday Night Football and NBC won for Outstanding Live Sports Series, the Sunday Night Football broadcast, the most watched show on TV. Fox won an award for Outstanding Playoff Coverage for their coverage of the Minneapolis Miracle, featuring your Minnesota Vikings. Hard Knocks, training camp with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, was the winner for Outstanding Serialized Sports Documentary. That's the first time I've ever said the word serialized. (laughs) <laughs> CBS's AFC Championship coverage won for outstanding open slash T. So those are some NFL winners, cool. but it got me thinking. Who's your favorite television broadcaster in the NFL? I think there are a lot of good options. There are so many good options, and this is a question that you can probably talk about for a day. And yeah, for sure. And we can just sure. go around the room and, and, and debate and hear, here or there. My favorite is going to be Ian Eagle. I like that you said that. I love Ian Eagle. I was listening to Ian Eagle call an NBA game yeah. the other night, and I'm like, you know what? He can what? do it all. I'm just waiting for Dan Fouts to start talking, because that's, that's right. his partner, yep. Dan Fouts and Ian Eagle. Broadcast, They're always together. Right. You like Ian Eagle. I like that. So I obviously grew up watching a lot of AFC games and um, out back in New York, and he was usually the voice for the CBS, ABC, um, a lot of the AFC games yeah. were, were broadcasted on CBS, and Man, I just love his voice. I think he's very knowledgeable. He's got a good sense of humor, and um, I, I, I just like the way he, he controls a broadcast. That, that's probably him, him or Jim Nance. Those are my two okay, so go-tos. On, on, I got a list going here, okay. and I have Nance on there. Okay. I, think, I think we take him for granted. He's not my choice. He's not, I'm not going to make him my choice for this discussion, but we just kind of take him for granted, I think, because he's everywhere. Yeah. Masters, uh, Final Four. He's everywhere. I mean, he's doing everything, <laughs> yeah. and he, but he, he does the number one game for, for CBS every week. That's right. So obviously he's respected, and then he works with Tony Romo, who's one of my favorite players of all time. I think he does a good job in the broadcast booth too, but he's not number one either. And uh, I'd be remiss to have this discussion without mentioning the next two who are not going to be number one on my list, but I think Kevin Harlan is the bomb. He is unbelievable, and I don't know how many of our listeners watch basketball in the NBA, but when it comes to the NBA – Harlan's He's, the go-to guy. He is awesome. He yeah. used to do Wolves games. Um, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Harlan, and his partner is Rich Gannon, who I think does a really good job. But uh, number one on my list, and this is going to be a debate between you and I right now. I love it. Because number one for me is Chris Collinsworth. I despise Chris Collinsworth. Now take it easy <laughs> on my man Chris, okay? Not not as a – like, I, I just am not a fan. Okay. I, um, I, I have a lot of friends who are who are – in agreement with me on this. Well, I know, but Chris Collinsworth, to me, I think he's my favorite one to listen to. And again, there are a lot of good choices. Like Joe Buck yep. does a great job. He does. Al Michaels is one of the best of all time and Absolutely. is Chris Collinsworth's partner. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm putting Chris Collinsworth number one on my list. You're putting Ian Eagle number one on your list. I am. But if we did this one year ago today, number one on my list would have been someone who's now a head coach. And who's that? John Gruden. I knew it was coming. You, it's hard to have this conversation without bringing up John Gruden. Obviously, he was so good on the uh, Monday Night Football. We, the, just his voice, the, it's so distinct. The way he talks about plays, his knowledge of the game. Um, obviously, there's so many uh, jokes and SNL skits making fun of his voice, whether it's Frank, yeah. Frank Caliendo is a big one who does his voice. Um, it's one of a kind, that's for sure. Okay. What microphone is this one? Cue it up. That is Mike Four. All right. Get in there. Felicia, favorite television 
broadcaster in the National Football League, Felicia Johnson, manager of social media for the Minnesota Vikings. Who is it? Pressure's on. Did you guys say Tony Romo? We did mention Tony okay, Romo. He's I s- favorite. Okay. I said he's my favorite football, one of my favorite football players of all time, and I think he does a good job in the booth too. Yeah. His, he can predict things that happen like 15 seconds before you do it. And all right. You just look at the person on the couch, and you're like, how did he know that? Okay. So <laughs> you're, you're on the Tony Romo yeah, I'm on bandwagon. the Tony Romo train. Yep. Okay. I like it. And I mean, talk about a quick ascension for Tony Romo from playing one year to number one on uh, the CBS crew the next year. And by the way... How about the Dallas Cowboy flavor that we have in NFL broadcasting? It's crazy. Troy, Troy yep. Right. We, at the same time, we just wanted to say Troy Aikman. Number one for Fox. That's right. Okay. Uh, Tony Romo, number one for CBS. Yep. All right. Michael Irvin, NFL Network. That's right. And now Jason Witten. Jason Witten's joining as well. Who's going to be in the booth for Monday Night Football along with Joe Tessitore, who's going to be the play-by-play? I think he'll be great too, Jason Witten. Just to, I mean, he's about as knowledgeable as they come yeah. about the game of football. So. Daryl Johnston does games for Fox. He's great former too. fullback. That's right. Right. So um, Darren Woodson is with ESPN, former safety for the Dallas Cowboys. So I mean, the Dallas Cowboys got a lot of people in broadcasting. That's for sure. America's I mean, team. It, they, I guess they're in the spotlight, and then everyone wants to hear from them in, in their uh, yeah. post-careers. One announcer that I have to bring up, and yeah. this is my favorite announcer of all time. Okay. And this is just all sports. Mike Breen. I don't He's know if really you listen to Mike good. Breen. Yeah, I do. ESPN, NBA, yeah. He is as good as Very it gets. Um, he does the NBA Finals for, it has to be for about 10 years now. Um, he's one of my favorites. He's, he's a, about as good as it gets in all of sports. I know he doesn't um, do NFL games. I wish he did, honestly, because mm-hmm. he's that good and that smart. So, yeah, that's, that's my top of all sports. Yeah, he's pretty good. All right, I did ask people on Twitter. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. At Vikings is the team's handle. At Wabi is mine. And at C.A. Corso is Chrissy's. We did ask people on Twitter to opine a couple of them. Richard Lynn um, with a very kind response. He says his favorite PA on the mic, Pete Bursich, Greg Coleman, and Nacho Lieber. So he's talking about our preseason broadcast team. Thank you, Richard. But then he said, um, if it if it has to be not local, he says Summerall and Madden. Now, are you too young for that? I love John Madden. Okay, so you, you got to listen to Pat Summerall and John Madden oh, together? of course. All right, and, good. And they used to do the little pan to just bring John Madden into the oh, yeah. broadcast. Yeah. Remember that? Absolutely. That was, yeah. like the best... Uh, couple seconds on the broadcast to me that that's like <laughs> the first thing i can remember is monday night football with frank gifford dan deardorff and al dan michaels deardorff, yep. Yep. um and then um then it was uh pat summerall and john madden yep. uh on fox so um uh, you know i i agree with richard they were very good and then pete Sorensen at mn pete says the old nfl today crew um, so uh, I like like to hear what fans have to say. A lot of them going way back to the old school, to the 80s and 90s, so I like that. All right, speaking of fans, we got some mail. All right, let's move on to the mailbag segment. The first one is from Casey Thompson from Mankato, Minnesota. Okay. Home of? Training camp. The former home of training the camp. The former home of training right. camp. Um, NFC North might be the toughest division in the NFL this year. There are going to be no gimmies for the Vikings in the NFC North play. Agreed. Post-draft, who do you think will give the Vikings and Packers a stronger run for winning the North, the Bears or the Lions? The draft doesn't really influence my opinion on it. Um, I think you probably got to go with the Lions. 
just because they're they are a more uh, they're further along maybe in terms of of building their roster. I think the Bears are coming, and I think they've done a good job of late. And I'm impressed with their new head coach and everything they have in place there. Their defense has always been a little stingy, even in some of their leaner years. Um, so I think the Bears are not going to be a pushover, and I agree. Um, I agree with Casey that there will be no gimmies in the division this year, but I think between the Bears and the Lions, I would give the edge to the Lions. But I do think there's a, you know, a significant gap between the Bears and Lions and then the gap to the Vikings and Packers. I agree with that. And obviously, looking at the quarterback position for both teams, you have a young quarterback there in Chicago, and then you have Matt Stafford, who is one of the highest paid quarterbacks as well in the league and clearly has had some success against the Vikings, which I hate to even admit. Right. And the Lions have a new head coach, too, by the way. Matt Patricia, defensive-minded guy, came from the Bill Belichick coaching tree, was Belichick's right-hand man on defense. And um, the Lions got some players on defense, by the way. Ziggy Ansah is good. Darius Slay is good. And one of my favorite guys to watch who doesn't wear purple is Glover Quinn, their safety. He's, right. he's awesome. So Matt Patricia's got some some talent on defense to work with. So I don't think the, the Lions are going to be – um, are going to be pushovers this year as well. So the NFC North will be as competitive a division as there is in the league this year. Question number two. Number two from Roger Schroeder. I was very pleased with the players and positions the Vikings filled with their draft this year. The one concern I had was running back depth. In a draft where there was supposedly deep um, depth at that position, I was surprised the Vikes did not take a running back, although they did grab a couple undrafted free agent running backs. From this, can we assume Dalvin is healthy and will be ready to go for the opener? And are there any other free agents you think the Vikings might be looking at now that the draft is over? I don't think that we can discern that Dalvin is healthy because we didn't draft running backs. I don't think those two are tied together. But I do think that Dalvin is on track to, to be good to go for 2018. I mean, every time Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer have been asked about that, they've been optimistic. So I, I don't have any cause for concern there I think I think Dalvin's on track so that's good news yeah it was a really good running back class it was and two years in a row with two really good running back classes we got one of the best ones last year we didn't get any this year um you know and and you, you can't address every position that's right you can't address every position they chose not to address running back this year Latavius Murray is fine with that obviously he was a big winner from the draft this year because we didn't take a running back who could come in here and maybe steal some reps so I think Cook and Murray will be the the two-headed attack that the Vikings have at running back and I think that's going to be pretty good and then speaking of the undrafted guys that Roger mentions here you got a chance to speak to one of them um, this weekend and Mike Boone out of yeah. Cincinnati um, who had a lot of success in college and and he looked actually pretty impressive yeah. in those first two practices. And then um, we also brought in another running back, Rock Thomas, out of Jacksonville State, right. who was an absolute monster there. So, so we, we have Mac Brown. Mac Brown as well. We have Mike Boone, and we have Rock Thomas. Oh, those are some, okay. some good-sounding names. Yeah, those are some nice <laughs> names. That's who's behind Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray, vying maybe for a roster spot. Um, on this week's edition of the Pick 6, we discussed the prospects for C.J. Ham to make the team as a fullback. And the person who emailed in that question made a good point. He said the Eagles weren't really using a fullback, which I didn't, I didn't know that, but I'll take, take the person's word for it. So will we have a fullback this year? And you know, I think with how much C.J. Ham does to help the team as a blocker, as a runner, as a catcher, and on special teams, I think he's got a good chance to make the team. So think you're looking at cook murray and ham and then maybe one one other guy among the group that you mentioned chris 
The next question and last question is a great question from Eli Hartman Seaskin from Skokie, Illinois. Mm-hmm. We're covering Illinois in this podcast. Yeah, we right? are. We like <laughs> Illinois. We like Illinois. Home state of head Mike, coach Mike Zimmer. That's right. Mm-hmm. What is the courtship process for UDFAs? It seems like to me that signing UDFAs could be the hardest part of the draft since undrafted players can choose what team they want to sign with, assuming that they have multiple offers. Beyond that, do you think a player who is signed after rookie rookie minicamp tryout has an advantage since they've already had to prove that they belong once? I'm very eager to hear your thoughts, Wabi. Yeah, I mean, Eli is on to something here. It is super competitive, and you, you know that, Chris, from being in the building the last couple of years for drafts. You know, when the draft is over, the coaches and scouts get on the phone and start calling players and agents and offering them bonuses to come and, and try out here, right? I mean, so it's yeah. super competitive. And, um, and at that stage, when the draft is over, you know, it, it kind of shifts in favor of the player now because the player's picking where he goes. That's right. Right? So he's going to take a look at the roster and and see if he's got a shot to make the team or he's going to look at the location of the team. It's not very far to travel. Or he's going to look at a lot of different factors. Um, who the, Who's the quarterback or who's the head coach or whatever. So um, it's very competitive. A lot of players are getting multiple offers and they're, they're choosing the offer that they think is best for them. And a very good tidbit from one of your interviews was Jake Wenicky out of uh, South Dakota State, who we signed as one of our UDFAs. He said he actually got a call during the end of the draft, those last couple picks, from our wide receivers coach saying, if you don't get drafted, yeah. we're looking to sign you. And then he actually said in your interview, I was praying that I wasn't going to get drafted because right. I, I wanted to I be I wanted invited. to come here. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Isn't that interesting? So that yeah. was cool. Yeah, you get to that stage in the draft where it's, it's more beneficial for them to go undrafted, and Jake Winicky a good example of that. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Wobcast. We want to thank Mike Hughes for joining us. We want to thank Felicia Johnson, FJ, for opining and giving some cred to my guy, Tony Romo. And thank you, Chris, for all your hard work. Appreciate it, man. That's right. All right, that's it for this edition of the Wobcast. On behalf of co-host and producer Chris Corso, I'm your host, Wobby, signing off for now. See you all later. So, yeah!